it great to be in church this morning with y'all? Praise the Lord. Come on. Come on. Father, we just thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Father, as you are here today. Lord, as we are gathered in your name. So in the mighty name of Jesus, God, we invite you into this place. We thank you that you are here this morning. And as we take communion together, in your name, Jesus, in your name, we receive your grace. We receive your mercy. Father, we receive your forgiveness, God. We receive your healing. Lord God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to talk to you this morning about communion. Okay, it's hot in here. Oh my goodness. I thought they were just getting me fired up with worship. I'm sitting over sweating, praising the Lord over here. It's, it's hot in here. But I want to talk to you all about communion and the Lord's table. Amen? Y'all awake this morning? Y'all ready? Three of you, the rest of y'all ready? Okay. I want to talk to you this morning about Holy Communion, and I want to talk to you about the Lord's table. We're all going to take communion together at the end of this service, okay? So y'all ready for that? All right, come on. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them with me to the 23rd Psalm. To the 23rd Psalm. Have your phones. We're on the YouVersion uh, uh, Bible app. The, the scriptures will be up here on the screens as well. But go to the 23rd Psalm. Say amen when you get there. Amen. amen. I told you y'all going to help me preach this morning, so we're all going to read this together. Is that okay? We're all going to read this together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 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 Amen. Let's thank him for his word. Let's thank him for his word. The 23rd Psalm. That's something I want you to notice, particularly because that's what I'm preaching on this morning in Psalm 23, verse 5. Look at this. He said, you prepare a table before me. You see that? He says, you prepare a table before me, and that table that he prepares is the Lord's table. Amen? I know we just got started. Are y'all following me so far? All right. The table that he prepares, guys, is the Lord's table. It's Holy Communion. And all that is in that Holy Communion is in the 23rd Psalm. Amen? The 23rd Psalm is the same table. That table right there, he said, you prepare a table before me as the Lord's table. It's the same table. Amen? And I want to share with you today the power of the Lord's table. I want to share with you today the power of communion. Amen? I hope you're all ready to take communion with me at the end here because I want you to know when it, when it comes to the Lord's table, we need to approach it with a fresh appreciation. Right? 
We need to approach this table with a fresh appreciation. It must never become common. Did I, did I, did, did I preach to y'all about that last week? Who was here last week? This should never become common. We should never approach this as though it's common. The table that is before me today, this one right here, the Lord's table, the fruit of the vine. Grape juice. I'm a cheater. And the bread. The fruit of the vine and the bread. This table that's right here before me, the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples. This is so significant to our faith. Amen? I'm telling you, this is so Guys, it's so significant to our faith that, that I think if we're not careful that we just approach this in an uncommon manner. Well, we're just going to do communion again. It's just a normal, yeah, just, it's just what everybody does at church. Amen? It's just communion. Oh, we do communion on the, the third Saturday of every month, and it becomes just ritualistic, and it just becomes something that it just, and we, we, we don't even understand what we're doing, and we're not approaching this because it's just common. Right? Because... So if we're not careful, we approach it in a common manner, and it should never be approached, amen, without full revelation of what is involved in this meal. Right? Okay. So I want to show you the power of the Lord's meal today because this communion meal that we're going to take at the end here, this communion meal that, it, that, that we celebrate under the, the New Testament is the same meal that they celebrated under the Old Testament at Passover. Okay? You remember the story when they were, they were coming out of Egypt and God said, I want you to take a lamb, he said, and prepare a meal and, and read it. Read Exodus chapter 12. Read the entire chapter of Exodus 12. And God says, I want you to prepare a meal. He tells them how to prepare the lamb, how to eat the lamb, what to do with it. He gives them specific instructions. Amen? In Exodus chapter 12, he told them what to do. He told them how to eat the lamb. He told them everything, how to prepare it. He said, he said if you eat this, he said, this is going to cause deliverance to come to your family. It's going to cause deliverance to, to come to your, your life out of bondage. It's going to cause de deliverance for you coming, all the Israelites that were coming out of Egyptian bondage. He said, if you take this meal, it is going to cause deliverance for your family, deliverance for your freedom, deliverance from bondage. That's what this is. Amen. Come on, y'all. Come on. Deliverance from sickness, deliverance from disease. In Exodus 12, if you, if you notice, when they, when they took this, miracles happened at the Passover meal. Amen? Y'all follow me? Come on. Miracles happened at the Passover meal. And at the day of Passover in the New Testament, Jesus entered us into this communion meal on the day of Passover. Y'all follow me? Okay, listen. He instituted the Lord's Supper which was the Old Testament Passover meal. If the Old Testament had that kind of power in it that would give you deliverance from disease, deliverance from sickness, deliverance from bondage, if the Old Testament meal had that kind of power in it, how much more do you think we have today? Amen? Amen? How much more power do you think we have in this meal today than what we had in the Old Covenant? Amen? When I think about the fact that the 23rd Psalm is centered around a shepherd, look at this in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. See that? The Lord is my shepherd. And then 
Of course, in the 23rd Psalm, it is, it's implied sheep, right? If, if you have a shepherd, verse 2 says this, says they, they, they make me lie down. The sheep are going to lie down in green pastures. Amen? So, so, so it's implying sheep. They're, they're sheep, right? And then you think of the Lord's table when he says this in verse 5, that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So there's a shepherd, there's a great shepherd, Jesus Christ is his name, amen, who is always attracted to this table. The shepherd is always there at this table. There's a shepherd, right? This table cannot be partaken of without the shepherd's appearance. Amen? You cannot take communion without the shepherd's appearance. This table cannot be partaked in Partaken in, is it partaken or partaked? It came out of my mouth, didn't it? Partaked it. He partook it. I don't know. God. This table cannot be partaken in without the shepherd's appearance. Amen? Cannot. As a matter of fact, when they took the Passover meal in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, the Bible, your Bible says that God moved down from the mountains into the camps of Israel when they partaked in this meal. The presence of God was there. Amen? So you cannot approach this table without the presence of the shepherd. Okay? And there's just something about the Lord's table that, that requires a bringing, a closeness of God. When we're here and we're taking communion, it, just, it brings a closeness of God to us. That's why sometimes you feel something when you take communion. Amen? It's not just a, an emotion. It's a guaranteed presence of God. I know God is everywhere. He's omnipresent, but he does not manifest himself everywhere. Amen? He's omnipresent. God is everywhere, but he does not manifest his appearance everywhere. Amen? That's why something happens when you take communion. That's why you feel something. You, 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 you feel it. Right? And anywhere that this is entered into, with the full knowledge of the revelation and of, of everything, that you're, everything that you're doing. He says, my presence, the presence of the shepherd is there. Amen? Y'all follow me? Okay, moving on. You can't partake in this without the presence of the shepherd. The presence of the sheep are at the 23rd Psalm. Amen? And they're at this table because you and I are the sheep of his pasture. Notice it in the 23rd Psalm in verse 5. It says, you anoint my head with oil. You see that? And that has a reference to healing. That has a reference to healing. And there is an anointing at this table right here for healing. I have talked to several of you this morning. I have talked to a bunch of you. Can I tell you, the Bible says this, that after they ate the meal, there was not a sick or feeble one among them in the camps of Israel. When they ate the Passover meal, the Bible says there was not a sick or feeble one among them all. And I am telling you, I was talking to y'all this morning, and there's a bunch of people in here that need healing. And as we take communion, if you approach this table in faith, whatever it is you came in here with, whatever it is we were just praying for, and whatever it is that you have going on in your life, and where's Mike Hoss at? Because his leg is going to be healed. And where's Deb at who was in the hospital all week last week? And, and this family over here and our people that need healing. And if you approach this table with reverence and revelation of what I'm telling you, and you take this in faith, your healing is coming because there was not a sick or feeble one among them after they had this meal. Amen? 
But you got to believe it. 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 You got to take it in faith. There was not a sick or feeble one among them. None. Something that they ate in that meal. Come on, y'all. It became the meal that heals. <laughs> Woo! It became the meal that heals. And when we enter into this meal, I'm telling you, there is a healing that is abiding in this meal for you. Amen? Come on. Not only that, listen. Psalm 23, 5, there's a cup. He says, my cup runs over. My cup runs over. Right? So we, we have the cup, the wine of the New Testament. And he says, my cup runs over. We have the cup of the fruit of the vine of the New Testament. And not only was there a cup, but that's restoration. Amen? Come on, Restoration Church. Y'all think we just named this church Restoration because it sounded cool. It didn't. I'm telling you right now, this is Restoration Church. Look at this right here in verse 3. It says, he restores my soul. Amen? My cup runs over and he restores my soul. And this is a meal that you take. God says, I will restore things. This is a meal of restoration. Amen? He says, you restore my soul. That's a meal of restoration. He said this in verse 6. Look at this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And at this table is the goodness and mercy of God. Amen. Amen. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. And here's the point. See, when you, you partake this meal in faith, it activates. Listen, that word activate, that's a big word. It activates all the blessings and the promises of God. Amen. If you partake in this in faith. So there were seven blessings that God told Israel that he would put on them after they had partaken in this Passover meal. For example, he says this. He said things like, you, you, you'll have long life. He said, I'll send my angel before you. He said, I will cause healing to come to you and your family. He said, prosperity will become on you and you will become fruitful. Prosperity will come on you and you will become fruitful. He said, if the enemies come at you one way, he said, they're going to flee another way. Seven ways they're going to flee. Amen. If the enemy comes at you one way, he said, they'll flee seven different ways because you will be under my protection once you take the Passover meal. That's what he said. Amen. If you take this meal, that's what he said. That was under the Passover meal. But Jesus, on the day of Passover, he purposely had the Last Supper with his disciples. He purposely had the last, so, so he could institute this meal. It was the Lord's table. It was this meal that he was instituting the meal, the Passover meal at the, at the Last Supper. Okay? He was, and, and all those blessings were activated that God had promised the children of Israel. Those seven blessings that he promised you will be prosperous, you will be healed, you will be, all of those are activated from the Passover meal into the Lord's communion. Amen? All of that transfers. And I want you to think about what I'm saying. The Passover meal came about. And you remember what God told him to do. Look at this. Look at this. He said this. He said, for you to slay a lamb. And in Exodus 12, 7, he says, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts 
and then paint it on the side post. What they, they were to take some of the blood, paint it on the side post, he says, and, and, and on the lintel, which is the, the top, the header of the door. They're to paint the blood on the side post and on the, and on the, the lintel, the top post of the door. And you're to have blood so that you will be covered in the blood. Amen? You will be surrounded by the blood. But, but he did not say to put the blood on the threshold because the blood is not something to be trampled on. Amen. He said, I want you to paint the sides and the top, but he never says to put it on the threshold. You don't trample on the blood of Jesus. Amen. And here's the power of this. God says, when my angel, it was the death angel, it was an angel, it wasn't a demon. It was an angel. And the death angel, he says, when he sees the blood on your doorpost, he, the angel, the death angel, will pass over your house. It's the Passover meal. Amen. Come on, y'all. So in other words, when you put this meal on you and, and in you, when you put this meal on you and in you, there is an application of the blood. Amen? I know it's kind of, you know what? The most, the most powerful avenue of prayer, listen carefully. The most powerful avenue of prayer that you can have is in Jesus' name. The most powerful avenue of prayer is when you are speaking to heaven in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of the lamb. Amen. Because there is nothing more precious than this blood. Father, I come in the name of Jesus and I plead the blood of the lamb. There's something about pleading the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb, the angels would pass, the death angel would pass over you. There is something about pleading the blood of the lamb. There is something about being covered in the blood. Listen, if a death angel couldn't cross that bloodline, I'm telling you right now, the devil can't cross that bloodline. Amen? An angel couldn't even cross it. There is something about pleading the blood, and there's power. There's supernatural power in this table in the blood of Jesus. Amen? I plead the blood of Jesus. He commanded them. He said, I want you to eat the lamb at Passover. He commanded them to. And he said, eat all the lamb. Exodus chapter, uh, chapter 12, he says, he says, eat all the lamb. Not bits and pieces. Some acknowledge Jesus as Savior, but they've never, ever acknowledged him as Lord. Come on, y'all. Savior is only found 33 times in the Bible, but the word Lord is found over 400 times in the Bible. Amen. There's a difference between Savior and Lord. Savior just means I got fire insurance. Huh? You ain't made him Lord of nothing in your life. He's just Savior, and that's all that is, is fire insurance. You just got a blanket so you don't burn in hell. That's all it is, but I want you to listen to me. If you want joy, he said, eat all of the lamb. Eat every bit of it. Amen? He said, you eat all of the lamb. I don't just want him as Savior. I want him as Lord of my life. Come on, y'all. I want the open doors. I want the closed doors. I want the yeses, and I want the noes. I want him to be Lord of my life. Amen. Come on. I want the people he brings into my life and I want the people that he clears out of my life. And when you say, Jesus, Jesus, this is not the Savior's table. This is the Lord's table. Amen. This is not the Savior's table. This is the Lord's table. It's the Lord's table. And it's because he must be Lord. Eat it all. Not just bits and pieces of it. Amen? Eat it all. I don't just want salvation. 
I see baptism of the Holy Ghost on this table. Huh? I see deliverance on this table right here. I see freedom from drugs and addiction and alcohol and bondage on this table right here. I see everything on this table. Eat it all. Don't just eat part of it. You eat it all. There's deliverance in everything on this table right here. Amen. Purity and integrity on that table. Prosperity on that table. Come on, y'all. I'm telling you, if you enter into this, Oh, you got to get it. There's freedom on that table. I'm telling you, eat every bit of it, not just bits and pieces. Think about this. The Lord's table, the communion meal is the only thing that we're told in faith that we have to physically touch. Listen to this. Listen. Every other thing in the Bible says we walk by faith, not by what we can see or touch. Amen? But this meal, this meal right here, you're to touch it, you're to feel it. It's the only place that he makes active faith visible. He says you take the bread, you touch the bread, right? You touch the cup. It's your active faith becomes visible. He says, I want you to come. I want you to, to hold the bread. It's my body. He says, I want you to hold the bread, touch the bread. It's a, it's a physical thing that you're touching, and, and that will activate those blessings that were promised to you. He says, and I want you to hold this cup. I want you to take this cup. I want you to drink it. I want you to drink the fruit of the vine, and when... When you drink it, I want you to understand what you're touching. I want you to understand what you're doing. It's the only place in the Bible where we have to physically do something because the Bible says we walk by faith, not by? Amen? But he wants us to physically touch it. This is a moment where your faith actually is to be connected with physical things that you can see. Physical things that you can see. We walk by faith and not by sight. I can see this. It's physical things that we can touch, that we can see, that represent his blood and his body. And really what he's saying is this. He said, just, just, just as Jesus was the word at the beginning, amen, and he became flesh and dwelt among us, right? Amen? Blood and flesh. When you take this meal, guys, listen, I want to tell you this. He's being reincarnated in you. I know y'all are thinking that's just the weirdest thing I've ever heard, right? But I'm telling you right now, when you take this meal through the blood, through the body, and the only Jesus people will see is the one that's coming out of you. Your friends are not going to read their, I'm telling y'all, listen, your friends ain't going to read this book. They're going to read you. The Bible says that we are epistles read of all men. Amen? Come on. And when you, when, you, when you eat this and you drink this, it's his body. He's being reborn in you. Amen? I know it's weird. Y'all got to follow me for a minute. I'm not afraid of that word reincarnate, guys, because that's what he's doing. He's being reincarnated in you. And the Bible says that your epistles read of all men. So when you take this meal, guess what? You get full of Jesus so you can project him out. Amen? 
you're eating his body and drinking, and, and he's being reincarnated, and, 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 and you're projecting Jesus out of you. Amen? Whew, they ain't woke up yet, Tara. Jesus said, I want you to physically take me in so that I will project out wherever you go. Amen. Say amen, somebody. Y'all following me so far? Okay. He said this in Luke twenty two nineteen. 19. He said, do this in remembrance of me. As often as you do this, he said, this do. Right here. He said, do this in remembrance of me. He told his disciples to do this in remembrance of me because this is supposed to invoke memories. Amen. That when I enter into this meal, I remember how lost I was. I remember how dark I was. I remember how addicted I was. When I take into this meal, I remember how messed up I was without Jesus, how blind I was without Jesus, how conceited and arrogant I was without Jesus. But at the cross, at the cross, when I first saw the light, amen, amen. And the burdens of my soul. And you don't understand that line if you've never felt the burdens of your soul. You don't understand that. If you've never felt the burdens of your soul, you couldn't get out of the pit. You couldn't get out of the addiction. You couldn't get out of the darkness in the night of your soul. Amen. Yeah. But suddenly at the cross, at the cross, when I first saw the light and the burdens of my soul, listen to this, were rolled away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Were rolled away when I first saw the light, the burdens of my soul, the addictions. Come on, y'all. The bondage, the shame, the guilt, they were rolled away. Amen. And it was there by faith that I received my sight. And now I'm happy. Woo! And now I'm happy. Are y'all happy? I'm not going to spit on you today. Are y'all happy? Is anybody in here still happy about Jesus? Thank you. Good Lord, y'all. This is a joyful meal. This is a joyful meal. It'll give you joy if you let him in. Be not sorrowful, O my soul, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you're running out of strength, you're running out of joy. Amen. This is a joyful meal. It's a joyful meal. Come on, y'all. Come to this table. It's a joyful celebration. We're about to have it here in a minute. I know I need to calm down. I know I need to calm down. I, I know I do. I get it. But I feel like shouting right now because I am happy that my name is still written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. I'm happy. I'm happy. Good Lord. Ah. Matthew 26, look at verse 17 right here. 
He says, now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was Passover, on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread was the meal of Passover, the disciples came to Jesus and said to him, they said, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And Jesus said to them, he said, go into the city. He was talking to Jerusalem. Go into Jerusalem to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. Jesus is telling them, he says, you go into the city. He said, there you'll find a certain man. He'll be carrying a big water pot on his head. And they went in and they found the man. Isn't that something? Isn't that amazing? They walk into the city. They find the man. You tell him I need his house. What do you say? You tell him I need his house. He's got an upper room and he's going to give us that house. And we're going to go into that upper room and then we're going to have communion up there before I go. See, they didn't know it, but Jesus knew it. He said, we're going to go up and have communion before I go to the cross and die. His disciples didn't know it yet. Amen. Sure enough, they found this guy. Notice that he said this communion meal, he says that I'm about to have with you. It's going to happen in a house. It's going to happen in a house. Jesus made communion a your house experience, not just a church house experience. Amen? That whatever we do in this church house, he said, it's not over here. You get to carry it back to your house. He said, because this communion meal is a your house experience. Amen? Y'all bet you missed a great place to shout. Right there, because I'm telling you, the victory, the joy, the peace, the goodness, the mercy, the anointing, my cup running over, and the blessings of this meal, everything that you get out of this meal that you are doing in the church house will carry over to your house. This is a your house experience. Amen. It's coming to your house. Everybody say, this is a your house blessing. It says in Exodus 12, 2, this month shall be your beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year for you. See, when they started this Passover meal, it began a new year. It says it right there. This month shall be your beginnings of the months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. So when they had this Passover meal, when they started and they had it, it began... He said, it's the beginning of the year. This is the first of the month for you. In other words, when we, we enter into this communion meal on God's calendar, he says the past is gone. Amen. Your past does not matter. He says, this is the beginning of the rest of your life right here. When you take this meal, he says, this is the beginning right here. All that other stuff don't mean nothing no more. Amen. It's gone. This is the beginning of the rest of your life. It's a brand new day. He says, it's a brand new beginning for you when you take this meal. Amen? You can not partake of this meal. And you know what? That just simply means that, like when you have this meal today, guys, listen, this is the first day of the rest of your life. When you walk out of here today, after you have had this communion meal that we're talking about right now, this is the first day of the rest of your life. Yesterday don't matter no more. Amen? It's the first day of the rest of your life. That other stuff is over. He says, you can have whatever I told you you can have. Amen. You can have whatever I told you you can have. It starts here. Right now, the past does not control you anymore. The ghost of guilt cannot haunt you anymore. Come on, this is a brand new beginning. I want you to clap your hands right now and praise God if you think I'm telling you the truth. When you 
Take this meal. He says, this is the beginning. The rest of it's over after you partake in this Passover meal. Everything starts new right now. Amen. He says, you got to eat all of the lamb. Get full of the lamb. This is interesting. When they served them in Exodus 12, the Passover meal had a side dish. Look at Exodus 12. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. It says, and they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire. Gives them specific how they're supposed to do it. With unleavened bread and with a side dish of bitter herbs that they'll eat it. You see that? It was a side dish of bitter herbs. And that represents the bitter things of life that they went through in Egyptian bondage. Amen? A side dish of bitter herbs. That whatever life sends to you, the bitter things in life that happen. Amen? How many of y'all have some bitter things happen in your life? Rest of you are liars. Y'all are bitter about getting up and having to drive in the snow this morning. I know. I know y'all. Said it's a side dish of bitter herbs, and that represents the bitter things in your life, the things that have come against you, the things that would stain you and leave you bitter for the rest of your life. But let me tell you something. The sweetness of the lamb is supposed to override the bitter flavors. Amen? Come on, y'all. That's why he says get full of the lamb because the sweetness of the lamb, when you're eating the sweetness of the lamb, it evens out the bitterness of life. Amen? Said they would take bitter herbs. They would take these, a side dish of herbs and they would, they would put salt water and certain herbs in it and, and they would put it in salt water and that would represent the tears that they cried when they were in bondage. And the point is this, that the bitterness of life is real. Amen? I don't know what you're going through, but I'm telling you the bitterness of life is real and it comes to all of us. Bitter things happen that change everything in our life. Things happen that change everything in our life, but they're just a side dish. Come on, y'all. It's just a side dish. And when you eat the lamb and you get full of the lamb, it evens out the sweetness of the lamb, evens out all the bitter things that life throws at you. Y'all got to get a hold of this. I'm telling you. Got to eat the main meal, which is the lamb. Amen. Y'all, I think I think they're sleeping, Dustin. You got to eat the meal, which is the lamb, guys. Listen, that's the key to overcoming the side dish and the sweetness of the lamb overrides all the bitter things that life throws at you. Amen. Come on, whatever bitter thing that could turn you mean or ugly or better yet, what bitter thing that could just turn you hard and cold in your life. Instead, you just keep eating all of that lamb. Amen? You just keep eating all that lamb. You get full of the lamb and the bitter things get evened out with the sweetness of that lamb. Amen? Can we give him a shout of praise for that right now? Because the bitter things in your life, that's the power of the Lord's table. That's the power of this table. He said there's going to come generations down the road who weren't there at the Passover meal. They weren't there when y'all came out of Egypt. 
And the children are going to ask, they're going to say, what does this meal even mean? What does this mean? He said this in Exodus 12, look at verse 14. He says, so this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Throughout your generations, he said, you are to take them back and teach them how you were brought out at this meal. This is a generational meal. Amen? Amen. I want families to have this meal together. This is a generational meal. He said, I want families to have this meal together. Jesus said, this powerful thing right here. Listen, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Now watch this. The opposite of the word remember is dismember. The opposite of the word remember is dismember. Dismember means to be pulled apart. So if there's anything that has happened in your family that was united, that has pulled you apart, if there's a disagreement that has happened or, or if there's a, been a dismembering in your life and in your family and, and, and listen, when you come to this table, there's a supernatural power. He says that, that, that I will remember. Amen. I will remember that which has already been dismembered. Whatever disagreements have happened in your family, whatever things that have torn your family apart, that, that if the tearing of, of, of relationships that you just love so much. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The dismembering. He says, when you come to my table, there's a mysterious power in this meal that will remember everything that's been dismembered. Amen. Come on. I'm telling you. I'm talking to backsliders this morning. I'm talking to backsliders this morning who've been dismembered. You've fallen so far away. But I'm telling you, if you will, in humility, approach this table in faith, he will remember you. Amen. I will remember those who have been dismembered by the shame, by the addictions, by the guilt. Amen. So I want to call the ushers forward right now. And they're going to pass out the communion elements. And as we get ready to wrap this up, I want to, I want to tell you this. Are y'all with me? Y'all ready to take communion this morning? Y'all ready to take communion together? Has this helped you? All they had in that upper room with the disciples, when Jesus had the Last Supper, all we're told that they had in that upper room was the bread. See that? All we're told they had was the bread and the wine, the fruit of the vine. That's all we're told that they had. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they give no reference to lamb being on that table. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the only reference they give. In the Last Supper, we're told all they have is the bread and the fruit of the vine. Why? The Passover meal had lamb on it. Why do we not have lamb? Why did the Last Supper not have lamb on the table? Because the lamb was not on the table. 
He was at the table. Amen. You got to do better than that. Come on, y'all. You got to do better than that. The lamb was not on the table. He was sitting at the table. But 24 hours from that point, they were going to drag him out, hang him on a cross, and crucify him. The lamb would be crucified. And let me tell you the mystery of this meal. That anytime you come to this table, you cannot approach it without the lamb being on the table, without the lamb being at the table. Amen. That's the mystery of this meal. He's here. He's here. He's here. I know he's everywhere, but he doesn't manifest his presence everywhere. But wherever you approach this table with revelation of what I'm sharing to you today, he is here. Amen. He is here. Amen. Not only that, there's a mysterious recipe in this wine. You hear me? There's a mysterious recipe in this wine. There's this, uh, I, there's this, there, yeah, have you ever busted your nose and you drop blood on your white t-shirt? There's this crazy scripture in 1 John 1, 9. And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The precious blood of Jesus will cleanse the unrighteous parts of our life. We'll cleanse our sin away. And if you know anything about blood, if it drips on a white shirt, it stains it. It don't clean it. Amen? But the blood of Jesus. Everybody say, but the blood of Jesus. It's different. Revelation 7, 14. It says this, as they were coming out and they were overcoming through the great tribulation. He said, I sir, he said, who, who are these people? He says, these are the ones right here that come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white through what? Through the blood of the Lamb. There's a special ingredient in this blood right here. Amen. Amen. How do you wash something in blood and it becomes white? And the stains are removed. Again, it's a mysterious ingredient in that blood. And it removes the stains of sin. Can I tell you that's the power of the Lord's table?